Yeah. There you go. There you go. Do me a favor, please. <laughs> oh, I know how to get you up there. What, Patako's up on stage? No, well, oh. somebody do your feet. No. Oh, here we go. <laughs> While you're talking, I'm on stage. Hey, it could be a talking. metaphor for feet washing. Like, this is modern yeah. foot washing. I'll tell you yeah. what, one of you, one of you manly men, try a pedicure one time, and I swear mm -hmm. you'll go back. No. Nope. That's okay. Yep. If you talk on a stage, you'll no. go back. All nope. I got to say is you out of your mind. <laughs> you out of your mind. That's kind of what I'm thinking about you guys right now. Sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. How much that stuff cost? Okay. Too much. It probably cost too much. How much it cost, Mike? <laughs> we need a pause. We need it, a pause. If you get the hot paraffin <laughs> wax. thirty. It depends on which. Thirty nine nine five. Depends on what package you go with. Exactly, brother. man. There's all these packages you can have. <laughs> I love the paraffin wax. I'd say 35 and up. Yeah. For both? Yeah. No, a piece. Of course not. Yeah. For both. <laughs> it's, they consider it a package deal. It's yeah. a pair. Well, why is that cheaper than getting fake nails? I can't answer There's that. a lot more work that goes into that. So I do the editing, and this is all going in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I'm, just yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just sure. you. I'm completely secure in my manhood. <laughs> to be to be clear, well, to be clear, Ron is looking into getting some nails. Yeah. <laughs> For somebody, not me. Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Mm -hmm. Manicure Mike's back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you, Ronnie, and everyone else. Brother Bob's back. How's it going? Silent, not so silent. Ron is back. Yep, I'm here. Schmike! <laughs> How it's, you doing? Keep the professor, Carl, is here. Hello. <laughs> I've, I've Again, got another week, overwhelmed. Don't even know what to say. So, How hi. come my name changes and nobody else's? I mean, I've put SpongeBob out there so many times, it's yet to stick. You're trying to force things. You're trying to I'm force things. I'm not forcing, things. I'm just merely pointing no, out no, the no, fact no. that... You just described forcing it. Yeah. You just described the fact that my name changes from week to week, day to day, hour to hour, but yet Schmike is is really stuck. Do you want us to go back to Alpha? Is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? <laughs> oh, here we go. Here. <laughs> Do your thing, Ronnie. Oh, uh, yeah. Would you read our Bible? Verse, Absolutely. <laughs> Going from First uh, Corinthians twelve, verse twelve, and from the ESV version. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, through many, oh, sorry, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so our topic, all I can think of is that body, is that body pedicured? That's all I can think the whole time. Did it have no, a good I, pedicure? Right there. You know, we talk about community and sharing with our brothers. No, hang on. No, this is important. You don't run. You don't run this show. <laughs> this is important. I share the kind act of my daughter giving me a pedicure. All of a sudden, my man card has been pulled. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be. No, 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 it didn't get pulled. It just got a blemish on it. Okay, yeah. whatever. It's still, it's still my man card. 
And anybody listening, it's if like you like place. manicures and pedicures and you're a guy, don't let anybody persuade you in the other uh, way. Hold on, hold on. Get it done. I want to point out the issue is what you just said. You liked it. <laughs> yes. You, 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 that's what that's what took the man card away, buddy. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, so our topic this week oh, you look is so better bad. together, even though all of us are questioning <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Especially Mike. Prior yeah. to hitting record yeah. and uh, yeah. and more, yeah. You know, I, I was listening to some past episodes and I realized I am the butt of more jokes. <laughs> You can shake a stick at. <laughs> because you react so perfectly. That's because your eyeballs are there. And that's where your eyeballs are. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that episode, too. Oh. <laughs> All right. So better together. There's been plenty of times when I've been off on my own little island. And people have came... Called, text, physically showed up, whatever, to drag me off my island, physically and narratively. And it's been, and it was actually better than being on my island when I thought I was okay. Anybody else have stuff like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Every day. It, it's such a sad solitude place to be alone. But we go through a lot of our life thinking that's the way it has to be. That's because we're guys. We're men. So nobody cares. Nobody can handle what we do, what we have. Or, you know, And we don't want to be judged. We don't want to be have something held against us there's so many things that it's just better we think to keep it in and deal with it ourselves right 41 years of it yep you know and some longer you know some less and it's uh it's a generational thing i mean think back to your your grandpa you didn't tell nobody nothing nope it's tough as steel man yeah I mean, no matter, no matter what he did for a living, no matter what it was there, they handled their own business. They handled their own stuff. It was just the way that it was. Yeah. I can tell you my dad, uh, before he died, before he passed away, uh, it was probably, I'm sure he probably had cancer, but he just didn't let nobody, he wouldn't, he didn't tell anybody. He never would. You, you couldn't even tell that man was sick. I mean, he would uh, he would do his everyday life, whether he was sick, whatever. I mean, he almost did almost have to be dead and in the hospital before he could, and then to get him to go to the hospital, that that was another chore. So that's that's where I got ingrained. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where it all yeah. come it all come from him. Toughest man ever, probably. He's probably the toughest man I ever knew. I mean, for real. Um, two about two weeks before he passed, he he had a episode going to Columbia. Of course, he was a taxi cab driver. He, he owned taxi cab here in Mobile. And uh, he had about a head, he had a head, almost had a head on collision. And he walked in my shop. First time I ever, I've ever seen that man scared like that. He walks in my shop as white as a sheet. Actually, this was about two days before he passed. Now that I think about it, he walks in my shop and he, he comes in and I could tell there was something wrong with him. I'm like, man, I've never seen my dad look like that. 
The first thing he done was he come in and he sat down. Something he never done. Never done. And, of course, I called him Pops. I'm like, hey, Pops. I'm like, what's wrong? He wouldn't say, he wouldn't say nothing for a minute. He just sat there. He just sat there. And then he finally told me what was up. I mean, I'm like, man. He's like, I think I'm done going out of town. I think I'm not going to go out of town anymore. I mean, it, it's it literally just, I mean, it had to be close. That's how bad it had to be. Because this man, this man drove over the road for 30 plus years or better. Um, but, uh, and then he was sitting at the kitchen table. You know, he, he, he actually went to the doctor prior to that, which when he'd come back from the doctor, he'd be like, oh, yeah, everything checked out good, everything, you know. There's no way. <clears throat> there's no way that uh, everything checked out good. I mean, the man smoked his whole life. He had COPD. I mean, you know, I, I'm not right sure he didn't have lung cancer. Um, but he wouldn't tell nobody because he didn't want to burden nobody. You know, just the kind of guy he was. And you wouldn't, and you couldn't tell it. I mean, because like I said, this man never showed a sickness, never done that. He was that strong of a guy. And the the thing is, is is my nephew, the last time he went to prison, he looked my nephew directly in the eye before he left to go. And he goes, you know, you'll never see me again. <laughs> and the day my nephew got out of prison was the day my dad passed away. That very morning, the exact, almost the exact same time as my nephew walked out of the prison door, my dad passed away at his kitchen table. So you, you're you not telling me that he didn't know that there was something wrong with him. But I mean, that, you know, but that's, that's who my dad was. I mean, he confided in me some, you know, but he only let me know enough to, you know, just to, just to suffice me, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, of course, you know, like I said, he told me what was going on. And, and I went over the, the night before he passed. Of course, I always tried to go over and sit on the porch with him. And we'd sit on the front porch and just, we'd just sit there and talk, you know, whatever. And the night before he passed, I walked over and I talked to him for a little while. And, you know, he seemed, he seemed to be better, but you could tell there was still something wrong. I'm like, Pops, are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be all right, Bob. I'm, I'm fine. He's like, I'll, I'll be good. I'm like, did, do you think you need to go to the doctor and have yourself checked again? He's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I think he knew, you know, because he always, he told my daughter, he goes, you know, when I go, I'm going to blink of an eye. By golly, he did. Went to blink of an eye. He was sitting there at the kitchen table eating breakfast, talking to my mom and my sister. <clears throat> Got to eat breakfast. And I guarantee you, probably popped up one of them old camels and put it in his mouth and smoked it. That's just who he was. Mm. And uh, my mom calls me up about uh, probably, probably about quarter to six. And she was just frantic. And I lived right next door at that time. And she goes, hey, Bob, you need to get over here. There's something wrong with your dad. I walked through the door. He was still sitting at the kitchen table. I, I knew he was gone when I when I walked through the door. You could, I could just tell. So I took him out of the chair, laid him on the floor, and I lost my best friend that day. So, but he was just the type of man that would not would not tell you if he was sick. You know, actually... I was having a discussion about our topic, so I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. <clears throat> so what got me thinking about Better Together, Mike, you'll like this one, is I was listening to sermons, 
while I was working and they were talking about it. Well, then when that podcast went off, <clears throat> a wrestling podcast came on and the Iron Sheik mm. passed away a couple weeks ago mm. as of this recording. And they were telling stories about him. And even though, like, in the public perception, him and Hulk Hogan hated each other, even, like, storytelling in wrestling and then on social media and the whole thing. Like, he, Iron Sheik stayed in character, right? But they really were pretty close. Yeah. But the story was, at this time, he was later on in his years. His ankles were messed up. He could barely walk. He was in the wheelchair. And he was backstage at Raw, probably. And he had somebody pull, pushing him in his wheelchair. And they got to the gorilla position, quote unquote. And he saw Vince McMahon way down the hallway. And he was like, Tommy, lift me up. Put me on the, lean me up against the wall. So that way, when Vince came, he said, hey, boss, how you going? Ready to go. And then Vince was like, oh, you're crazy. You, you know, enjoy the night, whatever. And Vince walked on. And then Iron Sheik was like, Tommy, put me back in the chair. Put me back in the chair. <laughs> and he was like, why? Well, you know, you can't even stand up on your own. Like, why would you say that? He said, you never know. Mm. You never know when there's one more run. Yep. And he was like, yeah, but I can, you can't walk out to the ring and he was like nope but if i get a chance to go out there they won't know that i can't because i'll get out there somehow yeah and that's the thing right like you never know and that's the inside of us is like he didn't want vince to know his former boss at that time over former over years mm -hmm. of how bad a shape he was in because there could have been that one shot. Yeah. Now, for me, like personally, I just never let anybody get that close. It was always an arm's length away. Commitment issue, maybe. Like, I don't know. Right? Like, yeah, definitely. It was just that. <laughs> it was that I can't let them in close enough to let me down. Right. You can't so I'm going to let them down first. Yeah. You're not going to let anybody close enough to hurt you. You're going to hurt them first. You're going to turn them away. You're going to do whatever it takes to protect yourself. You're going to take the first strike. Yeah. Yep. You know, Ronnie, I get that <clears throat> for years after my stroke, I had these, I had these dreams of going back to work, doing what I used to do. And all the people I, I had around me that I, that knew me and knew what I was capable of doing in my position. I stayed in contact with because I had in the back of my mind, I thought I could still do the job. Stand me up. I can do this. But I, I guess I really probably always knew that I couldn't. But I never wanted to give it up. Not once. Because I didn't like living the way I was living. So I, I, that, that story really resonates with me. Because one more shot. I could do my job easy. Sitting behind a desk. I know I could. I couldn't get out there and do the things I used to do. And most of what I did was in my head anyway, you know, working things out. But uh, I'm not the type of guy who likes to sit behind a desk all the time. That's probably would have been my downfall. I got out there and fall and got run over by a fork truck or 
trying to get coffee and somebody spear me or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know. But yes. I, that story, I totally get it. Yeah. He That mindset, that's where I was for a long, long time. And I still find myself there, you know? Yeah. yeah I think we all still isolate sometimes. Because we've talked about it on here about not wanting to be the burden, not wanting to be that guy. Yes. Not, you know, even though we all say you have to reach out. If we don't know, we don't know, <clears throat> you know, to then you got to, you have and, to let somebody know at some point. And if you're in my mentality of where it's better together, it is. Let, let's just say that just like our verse says, right? Like, we're better together and we're even better together with him. Mm, yeah. The human side of me, I let everybody in easier now, but I'm still waiting for that shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for that person to reject an idea or re- reject me or don't want to talk to me. Don't want to hang out with me. Do you think that it'd be better if somebody did that for you? What do you mean? Reject one of your ideas or would you get that shoe to drop and be done with it? Or would you just wait for the next shoe to drop? Uh, I think if early on, I think if that shoe dropped, then I would tuck tail and run back to my island. And then they would be a big holy tearing. Well, I didn't know if the man needs something, I'm here for him. You know, know, just let him know I'm here for him. (laughs) Right. Like I hop back on that raft and go back to Alcatraz. And then it'd be a long while before I even thought about getting off the island again. Interesting note, trivia note. Who shut down Alcatraz? Clint Eastwood. No. Good answer. It's the only right answer. Nobody knows? State of California? Nope. Bobby Kennedy. Why I'm saying this, I have no idea. I don't know either. Thanks for the support, Kyle. <laughs> There's your better together uh, right there. Ronzo, you got something? I'm just asking. If you don't, I can. Well, till two years ago, I was by myself. Well, I thought I was by myself. You know, of course, looking back now, you realize you're not. But at the time, I mean, it was all me. I didn't let nobody in because I tried letting people in and they just let me down. So I was like, you know what? I'm done with it. I'll just do it my way. That way I know it's right or I feel it's right and just go with it. You know, I didn't, uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but I didn't really have the, the father figure. I was searching for somebody to kind of take that role for years. I, I mean, I reached out to my my father's twin brother, and I tried to get involved in his life and this and that, trying to get that that connection. Didn't get it. Got with Uncle Lester, and I got involved in mechanics, tried to get it, but yet it, see, it still seemed like if I needed somebody – they were never available. So I was like, you know what? It's just me. Me against the world. And that's what I did. I took care of my family. If they needed something, my wife was uh, 
she was really stressed. She always stressed out about money for the first uh, good 15 years of our marriage. If something was happening, <clears throat> excuse me, something was happening and we didn't have the money or she didn't know how we were going to get the money. I'd have to just say, calm down. I'll figure it out. And I'd have, just have to go out and do it. You know, some kind of labor hustling, so to say. And it always worked out, but I was always alone. Well, and I thought I had friends. I didn't have friends. I had acquaintances. People who were my friends when they needed something. Or, you know, because every time they called, it wasn't to say, hey, Ron, what's up? How you doing? It was, hey, can you help me do this? Or do you have some, Do you have this that I can borrow? Or, you know, it was always, I was the go-to guy. Mm -hmm. And I still am to a point, but it's different now, you know. But uh, so, yeah, I, like I said, after like two years ago, after giving my life to Christ and then finding you guys, it's totally different. You know, I just went to my class reunion Friday. Ain't seen none of them people in 30 years, <coughs> except for one. And he wasn't, he didn't even show up because he didn't want to go. But I'm sitting there looking at all of them like, <clears throat> I don't know any of these people. Mm -hmm. We went to class K through 12. I don't have a clue. They weren't my friends. I mean, they just talked to me because I was in the class. The guys just talked to me because I was on the basketball team. So, you know, being alone, I felt like I was alone pretty much my life. That's <laughs> like for me. And you, Ron, and you, Bob, knew me way back when. But it's like I had the persona of being the bad guy, right? So even if I wanted to change to be the villain, it was easier to play that role, so to speak, right? Like, just, yeah, they're not going to believe me anyway. So I'll, I'll be as bad as they want. Roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that kind of goes with you know if you get always had the mentality of uh, somebody blaming me for something or doing this and that I was like well if you're going to blame me and say I did it I might as well just go ahead and do it and get it over with mm -hmm. I always said if you're going to blame me that's fine because you're leaving somebody else alone <laughs> like I'll take it that's fine Carl you've been off quiet I'm just listening I'm actually kind of blown away because like we had talked in side text uh, about the topic and I told you what was kind of on my heart is what are we chasing? Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's the running theme I'm hearing is, is what is it that we're chasing? Like that, that story you told that kind of brought you to this topic to begin with about the iron sheik. It's like he was just trapped in, in this constant pursuit of chasing to be or seeking to be noticed by Vince McMahon to chase that one last opportunity to hear applause again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a trap that's so easy to fall into. Have you guys ever heard of something called outsider syndrome? Mm -hmm. uh, there can be, <laughs> there can be a lot of causes of it, but it's just 
reduced down simplistically, it's the feeling that you're always outside. You're, you're always an outsider. You don't belong. It's that feeling you never belonged. If you're alone, you feel like you don't belong. If you're in a group, you feel like you don't belong. If you're among friends, you feel like you don't belong. In church, in a ministry, you feel like you don't belong. And, you know, what, what my daughter Grace would call being a sumptuous, I'm going to give that to her, I do not think that's a word, but <laughs> whatever, we're not going to get into that. That can be a, a big cause of it, making assumptions, wrong assumptions about the way somebody talked or, or something they did. You, you, you make bad assumptions. If that's the only cause, it's easy to break. But when the root cause is like what you had talked about, Ron, and it's something that I, sh I share with you, um, the people consistently through my life have like thrown me away. Like, like they call, they, they call you, they call themselves your friends, but they don't act like it. It's like they're there when they can get something from you. And when they can't, you're trash. You just go into the gutter. Like they don't even notice you. Like you, it, it feels like you can be in a group and it's like somebody's eyes slide right past you. Like they look right past you to the person next to you, talk to them. And the person next to them talk to them. And the only time they notice you is when they give the obligatory, well, handshake, nice to see you, bye. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, what are you showing? Sumptuous. Assumption. Is it a word? Yes. <laughs> Way to go, Gracie. Assuming, <laughs> assuming, presumptuous, prone to assume things or take them for granted. Sorry. Man. I don't think you realize how much you ruined my night by proving her right. I know. Just absolutely wrecked Sorry, it. Bro. Uh, it had to be like, done. Let's just check that. Just rip the Band-Aid off. It had to be done. You know, Carl, I get that. I was always the fat kid waiting to be picked for the, for the, for the team, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, best buddy standing next to me, climb a wall like Spider-Man. Me? I roll around the, on the floor pretty well. <laughs> you know, and, and the, the eyes. You're wanting to be picked. Come on, man. I'll do my best. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're the fat kid. You're not getting picked. <laughs> you know, that's, I, get, I get that. That's the danger, though. That's what it leads to. I mean, it's it's based on real hurt, very real hurt, yes. being pushed down and treated like you're not good enough, like you're never good enough. So what it leads to, especially if you don't have your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, where your eyes should be, understanding that he's all you need and he's the most important thing. And he's the only he's the only one whose attention you should be seeking. That's that's hard to have that understanding all the time. You know what I mean? So it leads to you constantly striving to be noticed. You're going, I'm going to strive harder. They make me feel like I'm unlovable, so I'm going to work a little bit harder. And I'm going to prove that I'm lovable. I'm going to prove that I'm good enough. I'm going to work a little bit harder to get a little bit of applause. When I don't get it, it's going to tear me down a little bit more. But I, 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 if I just work a little harder the next time, maybe they'll notice me then. And it's this endless cycle. We watched Secondhand Lions last night. Have you all seen that movie? Yeah. Okay, the the central focus is the the lion that they buy. Mm -hmm. They buy the lion to kill it, and it comes. It comes from actually it comes from Missouri. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but so they get this lion in a cage, and they open the cage up, and they, the lion's just defeated, defeated because it's pulled out of its element. It's an outsider. It's pulled out of its element. It's in the cage, and there's a point where the lion gets out, and they have this 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 little mini cornfield. From the lion's perspective, it's like a jungle. Yeah. And it's like the main character says, it's the only jungle that lion's ever known, but it knows in its heart that's where it belongs. It knows it belongs in the jungle. And that's the closest it's ever going to get. And now it's happy. Being stuck in that outsider syndrome, it's like you always feel like the lion in the cage. Like, you know, you belong somewhere. You know, you belong in the jungle and you just don't know where it's at. 
and you're desperately trying to find it. And but until you, you can try to fix on him, you'll never right. find it. And when you're in that outsider syndrome, you're always defeated every time. Uh, always. And that searching for belonging, I did that. Be, I was, I've been before two years ago coming across. I was searching. Obviously, I was searching for the father figure. I was searching for something. And I was constantly asking about God. I was constantly asking questions. I was trying to get it down. So, you know, and I had people come up to me all the time. You're searching, you know. And I didn't know what I was searching for until two years ago Mm -hmm. when I found it. And when I found God, everything else kind of fell into place. Yeah. And sometimes you'll still struggle with it. Like I bring this up because like he revealed to me in a very painful way just a few days ago that I'm still struggling with this really hard. And, you know, and this is why I'm bringing this to why we're so much better together because this could have spiraled out of control if it hadn't been for you guys. But like I, I told Steph, my wife point blank, I'm like, I don't feel like I belong anywhere. I don't. I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in everywhere. You know what I mean? Like I'm not supported. I'm not noticed. I like, I, like I don't matter. Like what I'm doing is a waste of time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't count for anything. You know what I mean? I'm not part of an elect elite few. So nothing I do has impact. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I was just express, just opening my heart up to her, just express my heart. This is how I feel. I can't unfeel this. This is how I feel. And, and that was the day like you, Bob, like invited me, invited us over and, and watched a movie together. And it's like exactly what I needed. You know what I mean? To remind me that, you know, what you're feeling isn't always bound in reality. And just because you have some past hurt, you, you got to really guard against projecting that past hurt onto the people in your life, you know, because usually the, what, what you perceive they're doing, that's not their intent. It's, assum- it's being assumptuous. I guess I'm going to adopt that stupid word, <laughs> being, being assumptuous. <laughs> Should have seen the bitter look on his face as he said it, too. Yeah, it hurt. It's like, yeah, it was I painful. think we have a good title now. Yeah. Assumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, so whatever you want to do, Ryan, you run the show. If that's the case, we'll have to get Grace come and explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Oh, I would like that. That'd be cool. That's the next chore, getting Grace to come and do it. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Schmike? No, I I think that, uh, you know, what Carl speaks is a lot of truth. And I know that when uh, growing up, I always wanted to be accepted and through different parts of my life. It's kind of funny um, to me because I wasn't really accepted because of where I lived. The color of my skin was different, (laughs) you know, and so... uh, it was like I was an outcast because of that. You know what I mean? It was really, really weird. And um, so going through that and and everything, you just want to belong in anything, in anything that you're doing. And I can tell you the better together for me is I know this is what I was searching for because I was searching for this when I joined the Marine Corps. I was searching for this when I almost joined a Christian motorcycle club. Um, and then even trying to create one within our church and then, uh, and everything. This is what I was searching for. I wanted the accountability. I wanted the brotherhood 
And I, again, I thought I had to do it in that certain way, you know, for lack, I mean, I had to, I thought it was either a uniform or it was a colors or whatever it was. And, uh, so because I knew I wasn't supposed to be alone cause I had failed it at it like hardcore. And, uh, so knowing what I was looking for, but not ever realizing how much I actually needed it, you know, um, because it, you know, we, we've talked about it and the, uh, everybody wants accountability until they're held accountable. Amen. You know, I mean, it's, um, then they don't want to hear it. Yeah. They, they don't want it. They want it. Right. And they don't, you right. know, as soon as you, you call them on something, it's, Oh, hold on. Wait. I didn't want you to say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like right. you, wasn't, you wasn't supposed to bring that up. Yeah. 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 Wait, this isn't, well, I just, the sugar. I wanted, uh, I wanted yeah. hold me accountable light, please. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind, Ron over here is the guy that was mocking Ronnie for having, having a bad day. <laughs> as he said it. <laughs> you can, you can put a little sugar on it. Maybe. Yeah. That was all in love. <laughs> yeah. yeah I was. There's the we're, sugar. We're, we're, yeah. We're talking about, the other people, yeah, there you go. No, okay, yeah. I got it. Oh, the other yeah. Yeah. yeah, I still love them. <laughs> a little bit of sugar, <laughs> but it, you know, in and um, again, I still struggle with it. I mean, you know, getting on that island, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking like, I don't want to be that guy, I don't want to be the one that's always having an issue and everybody's got to uplift or anything like that. And then you get to certain points and you're dealing with certain things and you're like, you know what? I, I need it. I need my guys. You know, today's a perfect example. I had a very hard conversation that I had to have. And like the whole way, like I wrote, purposely rode my motorcycle cause it was like over an hour ride. And I'm like, I just, I need to be with God. I need to be by myself and whatever. And then as soon as I stop and calm down a little bit and I'm like, I need my guys to know that I need prayers because this isn't, you know, and, and I didn't even know if I would like, you know, immediately hold back or hear back from anybody. And I'm just like, I just need this. And then, you know, you could just, you can feel the vibrations in your, in your pocket and, and it's like, Oh, so you can, and it, and it amazes me still that in, in all of this and every grain of sand that's ever been created, God still thought to, to create me. And it's one of those things that that moment let me know that I had what I'd been looking for. And it's, so it's funny that in all of all days and all topics that, that you know, yeah. it was a day that, oh. that, that really like rang true. Yeah. It's coincidence, right? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all coincidence. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like, uh, last Thursday morning when I got up out of bed, God put something back in my life that I hadn't had since 99. You know, he, he, he allowed my heart, to, he allowed my heart to go out of whack again. And, it just it just blew my mind that you guys was taking care of my wife and loving on her and, and comforting her while I was laying in that hospital bed getting checked out. She knew that she could reach out to you guys and you guys would pray for us and you would uh, lift her up and you would help her in any way you could. You would help me in any way you could. And I'm like, Mike, that's what I've been looking for my whole life, you know, because of course, y'all know my story. You know what's happened to me from childhood up. Um, you know, I, I never had that when I was a kid. My dad was the only one that I had to look up to, to, to hang with. And I knew that he loved me and I knew that he wanted 
the best for me. And I know you guys are that same way. I have found that type of love that my dad gave me to you guys. <sighs> Thanks, Bob. Because uh, now that brings, yeah. if, uh, well, it reminds me of my son. When my son passed away, I reached out and everybody came. Had that happened before I had you guys, I'd have had nobody. I mean, I'd have had to probably tough it up and be there for my wife. But I wouldn't have been able to break down myself that day. Hmm. I would have had to stay strong for Karen. And I, like I said, I threw it out there. And not only did you answer, you came. If I'd have asked anybody from my childhood that same thing, don't get me wrong, some of them might have come, but it would not have been for the reasons that you all did, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're coming for the situation, which was a bad situation, but you all were coming for the situation and also to help me and Karen. So it would have been a totally different story. And had I not had that, uh, who knows right what I'd have done? Because I'm pretty sure I was out of it. So who knows what I've done, where I went, what could have happened? And so, as we start to wind it down and close it out, we've talked about the before, right? But let's talk about us and the better part right like bob and ron alluded to it right there you know like there on certain times but now that we are better together better together <laughs> better together <laughs> we were gonna let it that go. Was, that Beget, was, that was together a, together together that was a little bit <laughs> yeah right we can have a lot better days. Yeah, I think so. I think we should schedule a group pedicure. Who's up, Mike? Yep, I'm in. Ronnie, hey you, guys, we're better I together. I want to go to the drag strip that day. No, <laughs> took no. Turn, yeah. That took a hard left hand That just took a hard left hand turn. Let's let's end on the on the positive part of it, right? Like we know that he. <laughs> makes us better together which is jesus just for the listeners capital h and he yes <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm kind of doubting that now <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> but there are moments and that's like we can go years but we'll remember moments <clears throat> sometimes there are bad moments Sometimes they're good moments. That's what life is made of, moments. Right. When you think back in your memories, you don't remember every detail about your vacation, but you remember that detail that touched your heart. One of your kids hugging you saying, this is the best thing we've ever done. Thank you. That's the moment. Mm -hmm. And that moment comes a lot when you love Jesus. Because you're know, you know, for it. Because you're looking for it and you, and, and you want to, like Carl pointed out, that's what you want. You want to feel that love back from Jesus, and and you want to give him the love. And the group here of guys, you know, I was 
twiddling away, more or less dying at home. I truly was just dying at home, waiting for my time to come. So I punch out and go, just go. But Ron kept throwing bricks after brick, after brick, after brick, after brick. Now I was, I had already accepted Jesus much earlier in my life, but I wasn't a follower. But Ron, I just want you to have what I have. I want you to have what I have. And I always thought, what the heck is he talking about? What he, what does he have? You know? And then the opportunity came for me the first time to come to the podcast. I'm like, I got nothing to say. I don't know these guys. But my whole life changed right there because I was better. Oh, what was that? You were together. Thank you. <laughs> the begathering. The begathering. And my faith began to grow again because of being in the group. So you were just being a sunset. <laughs> As Carl would say, yes. Or Gracie. I yeah. would not say it, but yeah, okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I think I think being together, it's like the other day I put out the text. You couldn't make it. Mike was going out with his family. Ron had to work, but Bob showed up, and Carl and I, we sat around and had a tea. I think people don't take time to check in on each other the way they should. I mean, we do a great job of it in this group, as you know, Fair. most of the time. Sometimes, yeah. But community is where it's at, man. That's, and, we're, and, and the Bible is quite clear on that. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is read Acts. Well, I think that the, you, you mentioned moments, and moments are very important, but I think that the, you have to be careful because moments should be an outpouring of your relationship with people, a, a genuine, heartfelt, love-based relationship as opposed to chasing moments. I think it's so easy to get caught in the trap of chasing moments. I agree. And it's not based on a genuine togetherness. You know what I mean? Begetherness? Oh, yeah, yeah begetherness. Bob, look that one up, will you? <laughs> See, I think I need to bring my hip boots. I'm going to make this a shirt. <laughs> Be a good shirt. Right. Because when you're chasing that moment, and let's just say you get that moment, it's not as fulfilling as when you're not chasing that moment, and that moment happens. It happens. Again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, like yeah, the story I shared before we hit the record button, or maybe it was before we started. How about that? But like, those are the more rewarding, personally, ones when you don't think anybody's watching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're still doing it. Uh -oh. Does that work? No, but it's actually yeah. Hold on. Let me punch on it here. It's the, probably the, the kids. Get, the let me kids get my, say it these days. Let me get my eyeballs on. Is that my cap? And you give them to go. It's a colloquialism. Go, go to Urban Dictionary for it. It's <laughs> probably a colloquialism. <laughs> oh, now it went away, didn't it? I'm just going to have to read it back there. I guess we need a millennial here. <laughs> yeah, we do. It says moral. Degradation and political feeble, the carcass is. There will be eagles, begatheredness in, in later centuries. Was a, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Just that toleration, it's a bunch of crap. Like a hogwash. Yeah. But it wasn't in the dictionary. No, it wasn't in the dictionary. I, somebody just used it in a sentence. Oh, oh okay. It was but. Until the Wikipedia. <laughs> I might make an urban dictionary entry. <laughs> together. <laughs> Ultimate togetherness. <laughs> Final thoughts about being better. Oh, here we go. This is the one I actually lived. Right? Is, this your, is this your final this, thought? This is the final thought right <laughs> here. Right. Togetherness. 
Okay. It's actually James Eng Engelis. Better is a dry morsel and a quiet man shall lie down, but he shall not be gatheredness therewith than an house full of sacrifices. Fact, sacrifices. He opens his, and then, of course, I can't get the rest of it, so. <laughs> Did that clarify anything for anybody? Nope. Okay. Not, not a little. Not even a little bit, no. <laughs> I thought maybe I misunderstood you, Bob. I'm lost. So much hogwash, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're just, we're trying. We're grasping for straws. What can I say? Not to wear a t-shirt coming to you soon. From Carl. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Forrest Gump did it, so why can't Carl? Final thought. Final thought. Manicure Mike. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to start off by saying my man card is not blemished. <laughs> no, it just has some fingernail polish on it. <laughs> so, so, I've never had fingernail polish so in my sad. life. <laughs> yes. uh, you guys are denying yourself a great, great luxury. Yes, I am. Mm. I'm, yes. I'm denying myself with a great pleasure. <laughs> you are. Now, my final thought. We are better together. But as Carl quickly pointed out, as long as Jesus is there with us and that's our focus that brings us together, you can't, it's, it's an unbeatable team. Mm -hmm. I hesitate to say it was like one of the Yankees, great teams that, you know, of course they were all bought teams, but. Every professional team is a bought team. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day, they were the original buyers. Well, caveat, if Jesus is with us. It's a bot team too, because he paid for us. Okay, oh, that was a nice, that was nice good. way to play into it. I got the this Yankees fan approves. <laughs> <laughs> Trump card. <laughs> Wrong. Wild thought. On togetherness. <laughs> I don't know. You seem to pick a topic. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> pick a card in a card. <laughs> On togetherness. Yeah, all I can say is, you know. Like I said, where I was and where I am now, if you're out there and, I mean, you feel any way like we feel or have felt, then, I mean, I highly suggest you find those people. You get with that group, whether it be at church or just at a, you know, some kind of a meeting, whatever. That way you have that backing, you know, the brotherhood or sisterhood, whatever it may be, to know that if you fall, not only will God be with you, he will send you somebody to help pick you up. Yes, he will. Mm. Bob? Um, I say, first and foremost, start with Jesus. Allow him to be that guy. Be better together with him first. And then he'll add, he'll add the people you need in your life. As long as you're putting him first in it. Punk. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate that. Yeah. You just like tore mine apart and ripped it up. Yeah. I just rearranged it a little bit. Uh, Refrain. Just it. so you know, if you got friends like this, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're frenemies. <laughs> Another not real word. <laughs> Frenemy? I don't think it is. I don't think it's a real word. A real not word? Look it up. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> that last one was all washed. Okay. <laughs> you know what else isn't real? What? Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> what? What? What, Carl? What isn't real? He said it. 
How did, uh, Ronnie said the something? Moon, the moonwalk. Oh, jeez. Here we go. <laughs> oh, he's talking about Michael Jackson's moonwalk. It's yeah, I'm sure he was. It's about as real as. Mikey, what do you got? Uh-huh. <laughs> come on, fellow, fellow oh, pedicure guy. Come on. I'm sorry. Um, so, no, I think that it, what everybody has said is, is absolutely true, is we do this better together. We do life better together. We're called <laughs> to live together. Um, find, find those people that will lift you up you at your darkest because you need them and then you're not don't ever think you know oh i just don't want to bother anybody with this i'm tired of being the person or whatever because whether you feel like it or not eventually you'll be the one uplifting as well so just don't don't give up hope never give up on jesus because he's the only one that'll never give up on you and uh find your community find your people so you can be better together I was going into Walmart the other day with my my middle child, and she likes to go over to the garden section where they have outside all the 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 fertilizer set up and stuff. And she drags me all along the line and reads the the numbers off to me to show off that she knows that she knows her numbers, you know. So okay, (laughs) so we go all all up and down the line and do all that. Well, we get across the street and we're getting ready to go inside, and she goes, "Clap for me!" Like what? Like clap for me like this. Does the clapping motion? All right, right in front of everybody outside. So I start applauding, and then she starts doing these like really obnoxious bows, <laughs> like, right in front of everybody. And then we walk on, and it's over. And it kind of hit me. That's what we do when we get into that that trap of chasing after applause. We're chasing after that moment. Um, we're so desperate for people to notice us that we chase after that applause, but then it just fades. It fades. And, and you're, you're caught in an endless cycle of chasing the next instance of applause, the next success, the next opportunity to be noticed. It's never enough. It'll never be enough when it's not built upon a, a genuine heartfelt relationship. It's never enough. At, um, at men's group the other day, we went through Ephesians 6. And at the end, Ronnie, you were focused on the second to last verse, which is verse 23. And I was focused on the last verse, verse 24, because I think they're connected. I think we usually just sort of gloss that over, though, because it's like it's where Paul's addressing the letter. So we just sort of, if we read that at all, we just sort of get glassy-eyed and go through it so we can say we, we read the whole thing. Because it's not check the it. quote, unquote, meat of yep. the chapter. Everybody focuses on the armor. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, the verses before that, and I think how he addresses the letter after that really, really identify the point of what he's saying with the armor of God there. But in that last verse, he says, Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. Because that word incorruptible that jumped out at me, I just assumed in the English that it meant like moral corruptibility, that it wouldn't morally corrupt. It's not actually what that word means, though. It's aftharsia, I think is what it is in Greek, aftharsia. And what it actually means is non-perishable or incapable of, of deteriorating. It has nothing to do with morality. It, it, would it, a better translation would probably be unfading or undying. And that's that's the love that we should be chasing, right? That's what we should be chasing. The love from the source, from Jesus himself, from God the Father. That's the undying, unfading, incorruptible love that we should be chasing. And if we get that right, if we focus on that first, then we'll be capable of loving those around us right. But until we have that that unfading love from the Father, we're never going to be chasing the right thing. We're never going to love each other the right way. It's got to come from him first so we can pour out on those around us. We have got to get that order right. So that's all I got. 
That's all. <laughs> Just a little tidbit. <laughs> For me, I'm going to echo everything everybody else here said. Even when you had a bad day, <laughs> get your guys, get your tribe that make you better together. That's it. Simple. That wasn't bad. It was just this. <laughs> he still needs a group hug. Yeah, for <laughs> Oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Bob. That was pedicure Mike over here. That was all here. We go here. No. I offered a group twinkle hug. Toes, twinkle toes Richardson. <laughs> I, I offered a, that a like group a hug. In there. <laughs> I could have been a boxer. <laughs> Bob, we please absolutely. <laughs> Most gracious Heavenly Father, Father, we just uh, we just come to unite. Um, Father, we just stand before you. Father, we just ask that uh, if there's somebody out there that hasn't got somebody to be better with or together with, be gathered or however y'all want to slice it, I just ask, Father, that uh, first they seek Jesus, they seek you. Allow them to be better with you first. Allow us to be better with you first. Allow us to stay focused on you, Father. Stay focused on what your son done for us on that cross. He's the one that bought it back, bought us back at that price, Father. So he should have the ultimate glory. And you should have more of the ultimate glory for sending your son to do that for us. Amen. Father, I just... Uh, Again, I just ask that we can go out and, Father, and just, uh, just show people who you are, how you love us, how we're better together with you. Father, I thank you and praise you, and I give you the praise of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Singing glory, yeah, amen. Singing glory.